everyone, and welcome to A Gem of a Secret Podcast. My name is Donatella, my secrets. My name is Coco Gem Holiday. How you doing tonight, Coco? Um, I'm drinking water because Mama's been drinking too much recently. Oh, nice. I'm drinking kombucha because I'm over a month sober now. Yay. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's a small wins, honestly. For sure. Um, you know, I, I've been going through a lot of changes in my life because it's not even applied to what we said we were going to talk about. Um, but hashtag, we use this podcast to process trauma. Um, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I have a coworker leaving. I might be up for a promotion. I just started a job as event manager and just li- just little other things that Our have gone on. Leaving. Our roommates leaving. Yeah. Like so these are like pretty big events that are happening in my life right now and normalcy is a thing. Like today this morning I spent like 2 hours like getting all the rent stuff trying to figure out cuz I pay um my husband puts the money in my bank account and then I pay the bills mm-hmm. and I had to see if like his money doesn't come in or if we skip a payment or something like that, well, I'd be screwed in my bank account. Like, so all of these little things just happening at the exact same time. And I knew some of them were coming, but like, yeah. And even at work, like I have, um, I got like, I got dumped the projects, um, for the other person who's leaving. So there's just a lot of change in my life at this exact moment. Definitely. Definitely. Spring has sprung and all of a sudden there's new lively changes that are coming into our lives. It's so true. Yeah, I'm I've been extremely burnt out from the job that I started. So I you know, I I don't know if anyone that I work with listens to this, but I'm on my way out anyway. Um <laughs> <laughs> I've been looking for new jobs and interviewing constantly for new jobs so i'm hoping to hear back from one of those um at some point here within the next week or so you Uh, know and and the thing too is like i've even like debated if maybe like a new job would be a nice change for me mm -hmm. i know people from my work listen to this it's not that i'm trying to leave i'm just trying to figure out where i fit um like in the grand scheme of my 2021 life Mm because i feel like since january 1 like things for me have been so different and so crazy and whatever and like drag finally um is paying for itself thank god yeah um i've been able to buy some new things finally make some new things but yeah i mean because 2020 was crap and 2019 was beautiful but i also drag wasn't really doing it much for me at that time yeah yeah and we even had a talk this past weekend about just doing things that make you happy i've been getting more into like crafting with a specific type of material and and trying to just develop certain skills and that's been super important for me as i'm not giving all of my life away to work (laughs) (laughs) you know um because my social life has definitely been like lessened (laughs) (laughs) yeah so donna i forgot to ask with this really bubbly start we had to this um what are you Mm -hmm. wearing this evening (laughs) Oh, you know, I am wearing a lot of (laughs) (laughs) tie-dye because I'm drinking my kombucha and I'm just the hippie chick fantasy that I always have been. I have a floor-length tie-dye gown and I have, you know, just uh, some Stevie Nicks scarves tied into my hair and I'm currently doing a twirl. I'm very lively <laughs> right now. I am wearing a cardboard box. It's not designed. It's literally a box. And then um, I didn't even put leg holes in it. So I just stepped through the box and I'm wearing that. But one thing I did do was put a bow on the box because hashtag it's still drag. Cute. cute. Yeah. I love how you went with like the physical representation of how we're both feeling. <laughs> and I went with 
the physical representation of how I wish I was feeling. (laughs) (laughs) Tonight on this episode, because we're fresh off of the roast that was on RuPaul's Drag Race, we're going to be talking about roasts and roast etiquette and our experience with roasts. I've only done one roast. Coco has more experience. Oh, yeah. You dropped out of the one here, like, right beforehand. I can't remember what reason why, but... um... I didn't know any of these bitches well enough (laughs) to write jokes about them. So I've been a part of three roasts here Mm -hmm. in Portland. I was part of one roast in Grand Junction, Colorado. Um, The thing is, I... uh, I was in a comedy competition called Last Laugh here in Portland, and man, I I was so geared up for roasts at that point because I'd been doing them so much. Mm -hmm. Oh man, I'm so mean at roasts. But there is a point, like we wanted to talk about etiquette because like there is a point in roasts when it goes too far. And it's not about, because I've been reading I've been reading Twitter. Specifically, I've been on Twitter a lot more because Lil Nas's video obviously was everything and people are screaming at the top of their lungs about it. But they're also screaming because Utica on Drag Race was just so bad at her roast mm-hmm. that people are up in arms about it. Yeah. Yeah. They're not happy with her because her humor ended up not being super funny and just kind of ended up being mean spirited, which can happen. It can happen at roast. And then there's also times at roast. Some people like to say at roast, nothing's off limits. I don't think that that's really a great... I think as long as it's funny, nothing should be off limits, you know? But if it's something that potentially, like, hurts people, or if it's, like, racist humor, like, I I don't really think that that's something that should be celebrated and, like, laughed at. I I don't know how I feel about it, because, like, so... One of my famous favorite comedians in the world is Amy Schumer. And she was, I think she was on Last Comic Standing, I think, is which then gave her the roles of being on those celebrity roasts that used to exist back in the day. She was on like three cycles of it. And she was always the most funniest to me. Like I always thought she was so hilarious, but her jokes were vicious. I mean, yeah. they were, some people actually thought that she went a little bit too far, even though it's a roast. Well, there was the one where she said to Steve-O about, like, Ryan Dunn passing away just recently in a car accident. Like, we wish it was you. Yeah, she's like, the one thing they were all, the only thing we were all thinking and wanted to say to you is, we wish it was you or something yeah. like that. Yeah, why wasn't it you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was, it's pretty cold, and even though it, and even the thing about that joke was, I think it was too far, but it still had the <clears> chuckles. <throat> I guess I want to say that I th- if you're really going to go into that sphere, yeah, that joke has to land, regardless of what subject it is. If it's like confident delivery, oh, confident delivery, but like, but it's got to be so. Um, let's like for instance, let's say somebody had the great delivery, but the punchline of a joke was but like, but go back to Africa or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, even if the delivery was funny, but like it wasn't clever enough, I think it still fails. I think it does too. Like that because that's not even funny. No, like, <laughs> like it, even if the setup was fine, yeah. like, and even if you borrowed it from somebody else, like it has to. If you're gonna go to the nth degree to hurt someone's feelings, it's gotta be new and unique. Here's the thing, like racism in itself is not inherently funny it's like it's not it's rooted in some deep hateful shit oh absolutely so for people to like kind of i I think it's lazy i think using like racism as like your main driving force behind your punchlines and stuff i think that's just kind of laziness and it's also rooted in like a lot of ignorance yeah i think so i really do too and 
the th- that's why I mean that that point still stands. It's got to be clever. But that's why I feel like Utica's whale joke also was extremely lazy. Oh yeah, no, that's that. I mean, once again, that fits too because mm-hmm. like doing a whale joke. And when, it's funny when she was doing her rehearsal on the show. Like I laughed at it. I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. But I realized it was funny because I was laughing at Utica for missing the mark because mm-hmm. like she did it, and then Michelle was like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. And she's like, well, I'm just like, I was going to say this line. And then I was like, oh, that's so funny. And I realized I, w- I didn't think it was funny because of the joke. I was, mm-hmm. I really was just laughing at Utica. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just being so awful yeah. and off-putting with that. And, like, here's here's where the inter- internet kind of dry- drove me crazy. Mm-hmm. Is they kept saying, because everybody kept talking about, what's her name? Shoulders. Nina West. Yeah, Nina West's shoulders. Yeah. Which is, you know... A sturdier frame joke. Yeah. It's not a fat joke. It's no. more of a sturdy frame joke. Strapping woman. It's strapping woman. Yeah. And and I think that that's I think that that's okay to do that. But like I also want us to like make sure that because the jokes are in the same if like fatness was an umbrella, those jokes fall underneath that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. But they but once again, like if it's like Nina West played sports or whatever, like she tried out for sports and she got the part of the stage, like or went went out for things, mm-hmm. got the part of the stage. That's funny. Yeah, that's a fat joke. That's clever and it's funny. It's not too harsh because it's ridiculous. Obviously, she's not a stage. Yeah, like you know stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, making really inappropriate noises at a woman, like to be a you know, like I just so I agree with what Donna said. It was too far and it was stupid and it's easy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I I think. Confident delivery. I think that making sure that you're not resting on things that are too easy to go for in a person are really important in being successful in a roast. And then also, as someone who is being roasted, you have to be open with laughing at literally everything that is said about you (laughs) in it. And it was kind of funny because I, I remember my first experience being roasted at a roast. I ended up just kind of like sitting back and kind of laughing at everything because like that's what we're all doing it to each other. Everyone is on like an even playing field at that Mm -hmm. point. So you know that everyone is going to be made fun of. Sure, certain certain targets may be easier than others. But it's also like, like I said, it's kind of a level playing field. So you have to be willing to just kind of accept whatever comes at you. Well, on top of the fact too that I, so I've never actually thought about this before, but um, I'm always really nervous that my set's not going to land. So mm-hmm. I don't like I'm so worried about I'm I'm more worried about my set than I am people making fun of me, I mm-hmm. guess, when it happens. I remember the first roast, the first ever roast that we did in Grand Junction. Some people's stuff was really vicious. And yeah. I was just like, oh, and I was just like, but, you know, I kind of laughed it off. It's fine. I felt like for the roast that we did in Junction, you probably had the most clever reads for me. Everyone else was just like, oh, look at this, like, alcohol obsessed drug addict. <laughs> like, well, let's make fun of Donna's substance abuse issues. And I was like, uh, still going through them. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I, and the worst, I, the one I that did sting, but not in like a negative way. Mm-hmm. It just, um, uh, Katya's joke for me at Sativa's Rose mm. would like something about like to roll her in here. Um, it was, <laughs> it was something about, we're celebrating this, it's something about rolling a fatty. Uh huh. 
Oh yeah, yeah rolling it, a fatty. It had something to do with smoking weed. So yeah. it's a sativa's rose, so we're gonna roll a roll a fatty. That's how we got cocoa in here, or something. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. It's actually really funny. <laughs> but that's so mean. Yeah. I was like, oh gosh, <laughs> and that was from Katya, and like yeah. I tried to like, and that's the other thing that sucked too, because that that wasn't even playing field. Yeah. Like even Katya mentioned it to me after it was over uh-huh. that she. Um, she was just wishing people would roast her harder, but everybody was too afraid to. Yeah, because of obviously bookings and stuff like that. And I was, I was in the same boat. Like I would, like I threw her some soft pitches, yeah. like you know, but nothing really like damaging or horrible. Yeah. Your so. roast of me was all just of my really poor dating choices. Which oh yeah. I, I, I mean true fair like <laughs> thank you i was probably stuff i needed to hear that now i'm realizing yeah she was right about all that shit <laughs> oh my goodness um but before i forget donna how are you doing this evening you know coco i will let you know after this brief commercial break do you wear t-shirts do you wear a face mask i sure as hell hope so do you put on your silly little t-shirt and your silly little face mask and wish you had something a little more out there yes Even something, dare I say, matching? Girl, yes, duh. Then it looks like HunterDrips.com is exactly what you need. At HunterDrips.com, socially relevant merch and apparel is up for sale. That's never for profit. 50 to 100% of every purchase is donated. I hear they carry matching shirts and masks with designs that say cute little slogans like Defund the Police, Black Lives Matter, and it goes over your nose. And even shirts and hats with your own pronouns on them. You know, things that are important. Oh, so you mean important. And almost all of it is donated? Yes, donated. And guess what? What? It's size inclusive too? Yes, up to 5XL. Why just make clothes for skinny people? It's all made by Queer Artist Girl. The creator of HunterDips.com is trans, fat, lesbian. And the site also includes merch from other queer artists, including gay Portland rapper Tono. Listeners, head on over to HunterDrips.com and use the code SECRET for 15% off your purchase today. That's SECRET for 15% off your purchase at HunterDrips.com. It's a podcast with Coco and Donna Telepodcast. Tune into what they tell you podcast with Coco and Donna Telepodcast. You know, Coco, I'm feeling super hungry because we're talking about roasts. <laughs> That's where you went with the joke. That's where I went with it. I'm so creative, you know. Um, no, not at all. Uh, not today. <laughs> yeah, okay. So I guess my big question for you, we just kind of left off on like things that have stung during it, during yeah. the roast. Are there any, like, what do you think is a line that like has been crossed maybe during a roast that you've been at that caused some waves. Oh yeah. So I was doing my drag daughter. Actually, she was my drag daughter at the time, Brittany Ann's roast and uh lady bits had actually made a comment in her stand-up set that was, she was like comparing me to a monkey, I think is what it was or a chimpanzee. A gorilla. A gorilla. Was it? Was it a gorilla? Yeah, it was mm-hmm. a gorilla. I believe it was. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, I, and it's funny when I heard it, and her set, just because probably people would tell her I say this, her set wasn't really funny yeah. by, like, any means. And, like, so when your set's not funny and and it 
like crosses lines and boundaries like it's just not the tea for the kids mm -hmm. and what also sucks about that i found out later that brit had told her uh britney Young had told lady bits to take that joke out because mm -hmm. it's not appropriate yeah but she decided to keep it in because she thought it was funny yeah i remember it hearing that joke in the dressing room and my jaw kind of dropped yeah i was like oh that's that's where we're going tonight okay yeah that's where we're at this evening and i was horrified yeah. horrified yeah so i think that's kind of like what we were talking about in the first half of this though is like that was definitely some like easy humor and it, yeah well I, like because didn't like i keep remembering a scandal that happened at track center i think with trixie during a stand-up where she made a racist joke about latrice mm -hmm. and like people fell away and the joke was funny mm -hmm. but it was just like easy and like it was like there's so many other things about Latrice to make fun of outside of her blackness and her weight yeah like just tons of things and like I just feel like and I kind of agree with people now like comedy does have so let's talk about um oh my gosh I can never I can't remember her name off the top of my head uh the woman who held up the picture of like Trump's severed head oh Kathy Griffin Kathy Griffin mm -hmm. yeah like obviously too far yeah like like, she's trying to make a statement and be bold, and mm -hmm. it's just too far. Yeah. You know, like, and and I don't think, I keep wondering, too, like, what, I mean, we've all been there, right? Like, mm -hmm. where you take a joke too far, and then suddenly people's feelings are hurt. Yeah. Like, I always want to know if people are, like, thought about it, like, before it happened, being like, oh, I wonder if I'm going to get canceled for this. Well, nowadays we have cancel culture, so I think that helps with that, but still. Yeah. Definitely. I think it does. I think, I mean, I think we should, I hate saying that it's cancel culture, but I think accountability culture is extremely important. And I think the best thing is when someone does go too far to give that person room to recognize, hey, I did this wrong and hopefully grow from the situation. I think as long as people can take accountability, if they recognize that it was something that pushed boundaries and went a little bit too far in that instance. Uh, it's a situation that can be learned from, and that's great. Uh, I, I don't think that we should be canceling people. I think people have room to grow and opportunity to really learn from their mistakes, because uh, if we just immediately canceled people for, you know, saying wrong things, then they would, it, you know, it would it would be awful. I would have, I, I, you and I both would have been canceled like 50 times over. So, oh yeah. I, I, I leave my stuff up on my Facebook. Um, and it sucks because if I ever like get on drag race or something like that, but like I people leave my, dig. yeah, I leave my stuff up on Facebook and I tell people this all the time. I leave that stuff up there as a reminder of how embarrassing it was and what I've learned from it. Mm -hmm. Like I leave it out there to, I like to be able to see my growth. Like why would I censor my own past? Honestly, even since moving here, we've, I think you and I have both like changed and grown and learn a lot learned a lot yeah i i'm more on the board of like more on the side of like using inclusive language mm -hmm. and like really being um pc in my hosting and but what i'm also noticing i guess to play into this conversation we're having so autumn does a lot of self-deprecating humor that mm -hmm. oftentimes does land like she just talks about how dumb she is mm -hmm. and she's autistic and she plays into that a lot my jokes are always external they're not internal when i mm -hmm. like like well i mean if i do internal jokes they're usually like some slutty hoe thing or whatever yeah. about myself and then but <laughs> what really sucks about so let me two parts to this what sucks about that is when you're trying to be pc and i mean i know there's tons of comedians out comedians who are 
doing it safely out there and not getting canceled. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really hard to get to that joke. Like it makes comedy so much harder when you are in Portland, especially worried about saying the wrong things and alienating your crowd. Yeah. And then the secondary thing, it's really hard for me to make those slut ho jokes because I'm in a monogamous relationship. Yeah. And, um, I moved to this, when I moved to this city, that was going to be my label. I am monogamous with my husband, which we are monogamous. <laughs> yeah. It's just, I was very outspoken about that. So yeah. when we did the shows in Grand Junction, not everybody knew that. So I did those jokes and they're funny. Um, but here, people be like, oof. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think I would be more like willing later on. I mean, especially, I mean, I'm very early on in my like sobriety journey right now, but I think I would be more willing to make fun of myself and then also have other people make fun of me at my expense when it comes to like my issues with drinking and, and drug use over the years now. But also I think I'll get more comfortable with it as I'm kind of like past that point in my life. I think in the initial roast that I was in, because I think that was really the only thing that I ended up having a problem with that night in the very first roast that we ever did, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. was that like people were like, oh, you know, like what can we make fun of Donna for? Like she she drinks and has done like, you know, a variety of drugs, (laughs) Um, which Mm -hmm. I don't know if I've explicitly ever said that on this podcast, so you know. If my mom or dad ever do listen to this, hi, mom. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I uh, I think that there are like certain things that with time, like we can find to like make fun of ourselves about too. Yeah. And, it, you know, it maybe just doesn't sting quite as much. Yeah, I think that we can. And, and I know how you feel about that too, mm-hmm. about the things that you want to laugh at and joke about and things like that. I, cause I have that. We've talked about this before. Like, a lot of people here don't know like my sexual history and whatever. Mm-hmm. And like it's, um, and it's not that I keep it private. I don't talk about it because it just makes Adam a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. Like, so I, like I don't bring it up on the podcast. Like I'm comfortable in my thirties now. And like, cause what's funny about when you move away from twenties, you can say, Oh, that was me in my twenties. Um, and so when I talk about those things, I don't have any shame about it anymore. I'm so excited to be able to say that. That was me in my twenties. I'm a, I'm a changed person. Yeah. This is Donna in her thirties. Thirties Donna. Oh, it's, it's great. I mean uh, like one more year. Well, and I keep telling people, I, I say this all the time and people in their thirties who didn't go to college, I have to say this, mm-hmm. even if you dropped out of college, you can tell people who didn't go to college because they'll do this thing. Like, they're just not there together yet in the mm-hmm. world. Like even by their thirties, they're still kind of like finding their footing. finding their footing a little mm-hmm. bit. Because what, like I always say, my motto in life is: um, in your twenties, like they were mistakes, and thirty in your thirties are choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like, and people are like, "Oh my gosh!" Like if you feel life is that way, like, "Oh my gosh!" I like I wouldn't choose to make some of the mistakes I've made in my thirties. I was like. Did you go to college? Because <laughs> like, you have a room to make a whole lot more mistakes when you're in college and get away with it. Oh, yes. And you realize you all really the friendships do. you lost and mm-hmm. all the things you did that didn't make any sense. And just, oh, goodness. And I remember I actually heard something from someone recently. And I I, I won't be able to remember what it is because my memory sucks these days. But like some, I told that to somebody in their 40s. Mm. And they gave me like, your 40s is about... I think it's your forties is like also partially about the regrets of the mm-hmm. choices you didn't make in your thirties. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> I I would like to think that I'm I was like peak toxicity while I was in college. Like I was quite a toxic person. I would say at that age, but I was also in survival mode. 
too. You know, mm-hmm. I f- you're like on your own for the very first time learning like how to be an adult in this world Mm -hmm. and you know you're going to school too and you don't really have all of the same responsibilities that someone who is just trying to like work and get by has because you're you know you're able to party and you're able to kind of like have that experience Mm -hmm. that you know maybe not everyone in their 20s is able to have where you can kind of be a fuck up and get away with it to kind of have excuses so maybe that's why is because you have that those four years of time to really get away with just kind of being a total kid. A lot of time. I mean, 365 days a year. And I mean, I know it's semesters, but that's four years of just constant mistakes and the things like I, I do make those jokes now, which is funny because I had a friend who was in their thirties when I was in college where I'll say, Mm -hmm. um, they were like, they're like, Oh yeah. When I was in my twenties, I could drink a cake. And now when I was, now that I'm in my thirties, like because I'm a drag queen, Mm -hmm. I can drink a cake, but I, I, in my 20s, I could rally after mm. drinking that keg by mm-hmm. myself. <laughs> like, like yeah. I, oh, girl, she could not get up for work in the morning if oh. she's been drinking. And drinking at inappropriate times, too. Oh, like, I would be drinking on, like, my scholarship program's retreat. <laughs> I had a bottle of peppermint schnapps in my bag. And I thought I was so, like, we had... We had bottles in our purses. Mm-hmm. Sorry, everybody in Grand Junction. Like, we had bottles in our purses. I never actually yeah. brought booze into the basement of Sabrosa, FYI. But, like, <laughs> I did. And Something I, we need to clear up. Some I, old drama. That I know, just old like. drama always. <laughs> no, I never brought booze in the, base of that, in the basement of that place. But, mm-hmm. like, you know, there's... There's always those times when, like, if you see five drag queens going to the bathroom... Well, in Portland, they're doing cocaine. But yeah. um, in Junction, they were just taking shots off of someone's bottle that's in their purse. cheaper to have a bottle in some... Yeah. And Gina always is, had the most delicious... Whiskey. Whiskey in her yeah. purse. <laughs> like, my goodness. She did. But you know what? So did half of us, too. You I know? know. It was like, we always had something. Like, I... I I liked my bottle of peppermint schnapps because it was like, you know, it was, uh, it would get you drunk quick <laughs> and it tasted like mouthwash. So you'd be, you know, it's, it was the fresh maker. <laughs> well, no, and that, the other thing too, is like when you're younger, those things were funny and silly. I remember yeah. like even going on an overnight, not an overnight trip. I went on a vacation at 10 PM and I still made it back in time for class at 8 AM. And we got back at like seven mm-hmm. and I took like a 20 minute power nap and went to class Dear God, I could not do that today if it oh killed my God. me. Yeah. I almost fell asleep standing, walking to the bathroom earlier. The times I would go to class, like, wholly hungover, still drunk sometimes, stoned, you know, like, any number of things. I, I don't know how I got away with it. I don't know how I did. But, you know, because I had already missed class. I still have nightmares about me, like... Oh, can I afford to miss this class today? Because I would definitely mm-hmm. do that if I partied too hard the night before. Like, can I afford to miss this one? Probably. I'm paying for this, right? <laughs> you know? So, <laughs> which I kind of was. But <laughs> you know, and, and circling back to the comedy thing. So, like, as we've been talking about this, and it's funny, mm-hmm. like... um The one thing I don't... I actually really don't talk about the being old thing a lot because usually, like... Uh, people don't exist in their 30s. They they just don't. Like, people mm-hmm. go from their 20s to their 40s. Like, uh, 30-year-olds just don't like drag shows. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're not there. Um, so when I com- when I make these jokes, the 40-year-olds are like, oh, it gets worse. Yeah. And the 20-year-olds are like, oh, she's so old, because they can't relate to it. Or if they are there, they're working there. <laughs> 
right? They have jobs. Yeah. They're not going to be at a bar at 11. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they have kids. Bedtimes. Oh, that's um, what it is. All the 30-year-olds have kids that yeah. can't be out till 11. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> For real. I mean, not really queer 30. I don't know many queer people that have kids. Not here, anyway. No, not here. I, yeah. In Junction, they always got mad at the gay community and slept with a girl and had a kid. Yeah. Sorry, I should have put a trigger warning before that one, because that was a common story. It kind of was. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, man. So many of them. Or, like, a previous marriage, which, I mean, you can find that anywhere, too. Yeah, that, you can yeah. definitely find that anywhere. That's a little bit more PC, but, yeah, Junction had the slew of that nonsense. Going back to our original point about the the roast. (laughs) Comedy. (laughs) Comedy. Um, No, here's the thing, too. Like, when it comes to, like, so we're, obviously, we're talking about the Utica situation quite a bit. She said on her Twitter, like, she saw what she did and she made the apologies for it. And um, But you could even tell when it was happening that she knew what she was doing was wrong. And she was told by the judges to probably not do this content. And they don't... And obviously, these are an hour long, hour and 15-minute long episodes. And so, mm-hmm. you know, there's probably more things in there where they were telling her, like, girl, don't do this. It's not going to be right. And I think that, like, because obviously even with what happened with me and Lady Bits, Britt had told her not to do it. I think people just need to really... Your friends aren't trying to be malicious. If you're telling your friends your jokes um, and they're just like, oh, that's a little bit too far, like maybe edit it a little bit or make it funnier so, so it can be absorbed. I agree with that completely. I think if, if people give you that advice, they're not saying it because they're like je- jealous that you have some zingers. Just like so funny. <laughs> they're saying it because it's like, okay, maybe maybe we can like go back on this a little bit. You're getting kind of mean rather than and funny i think the thing about humor is like yes there should be like a little bit of truth in in your humor when you're saying you know these roasts but you also like we've said before delivery is super important and i think creativity like be creative with your roasts you know you can tell when a joke was constructed lazily right so i think that that is kind of like the key to having a successful roast is is making sure that your timing is right, making sure that you're well rehearsed, and making sure that your roasts aren't lazy. There's some yeah. creativity put into them. Absolutely. And always run it by someone that you can trust beforehand. Always run it by, because you can always do some tweaking beforehand. And honestly, with the tangent that Donna and I took, by the way, we I, I don't see Donna. We are on 100% opposite schedules right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the time when we record is literally the one time she's awake and <laughs> me being late to somewhere else usually. Yeah, my um, bedtime is in that, like an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I think I do want to um, shift this podcast just a little. Like me and Donna talked about that a few months ago where we wanted to start like getting a little bit deeper on subjects. And we keep things really high level because, you know, we know our family listens to this or it could hurt a potential job or something like that. And like processing certain traumas can actually end up hurting you because someone listens to it and tells your employer or whatever. But I think I want to start getting a little bit deeper um, and like have trigger warnings and content warnings and things like that to where we can have some good in-depth dialogues about some of the things that we have processed and we Mm. want to open. I have things I want to openly talk about. I have things I'm still working through, but they're, like there are deep subjects I would love to be able to unpack with you listeners because I've I've worked through them and maybe I could help some of you all out with some of the things you're going through. I definitely I think that's a good idea. I think I would really enjoy kind of being able to unpack some of that. I think as I'm 
definitely starting this journey of sobriety, which by the way, I think, uh, you know, I haven't really talked about it yet here, but I uh, decided to like a month ago, completely quit drinking. I'm not even smoking weed anymore. I'm learning how to develop healthy coping mechanisms for myself when I get anxious or depressed or triggered from past trauma. So I'm kind of relearning how to be myself all over again here at the the ripe age of 29. <laughs> but yeah, I think that this platform is a great platform to kind of unpack those things. Yeah, I think so too. And, and maybe it will... I don't know, maybe it will affect somebody's life. Maybe it'll elicit some sort of change. Yeah. And maybe it'll help me get to the finish line of some of the things I've been processing. Um, over the last couple of weeks, I've been um, dealing with some depressive tendencies. And I had an ego death um, about a week and a half ago that has messed me up real bad. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> those are those are scary. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's really got to me. But before yeah. that, it was a lot of stuff related to COVID mm-hmm. and which I said on the podcast here. Yeah. So I would like to unpack some of the things I have worked through and small town racism, drag, um, my horse past, um, finding self love and acceptance, weight loss journeys. Mm-hmm. Um, but not the high level stuff, but truly the stuff that matters. Yeah, definitely. Thank you everyone for tuning in to this episode. You can catch us every Thursday for our main content episodes. If we ever get on a schedule where we're able to do some bonus content for you, we will definitely do that as well. (laughs) But uh, it's not looking likely currently where we're sitting. Um, So stay tuned. We will definitely have some more unpacking of our lives for you, as well as some exclusive interviews with queens around the scene that we are a part of. Bye, everybody. Bye. This has been another episode of A Gem of a Secret Podcast. The hosts of A Gem of a Secret Podcast are Donatella My Secrets and Coco Jim Holiday. You may follow Donatella My Secrets at Donatella underscore My Secrets on Instagram. You may follow Coco Jim Holiday at Coco Jim Holiday on Instagram. Original music by Touche Douche and Party Favors. You can follow them respectively at The Touche Douche and at Party Favors Music on Instagram. For more exclusive content, visit www.ajemofasecretpodcast.com. That is A-J-E-M of a secret podcast.com. Be sure to tune in every week on Thursday for a new episode wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have any comments or questions, email us at ajemofasecretpod at gmail.com. Please don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe. Until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.